Welcome to the Cricket Mentoring Podcast, formerly known as the Process of Success. I'm Tom Scolay, or Scholes as I get called, and this podcast has been designed for cricketers and cricket lovers who want to learn and improve themselves. In this podcast, we interview past, current, and future cricket stars to find out more about their journey and what makes them successful, while also sharing some audio from ourselves at Cricket Mentoring. Our goal is to help you become your best on and off the field. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and get something valuable for out of it. G'day legends. Welcome back or welcome to the Cricket Mentoring Podcast. It's been a while since we published an episode, so it's great to be back. Thank you for listening. The idea of this podcast is to share the unique stories of cricketers, coaches and performance experts with the aim of giving you, serious and committed cricketers, coaches or parents, some techniques, strategies and inspiration so you can become a better and more confident cricketer and live a better life. This episode is with one of Australia's best batters over the past 20 years. Sean Marsh, or Soss as he's known in the cricketing world, made his first class debut way back in 2000-2001 season and as he approaches his 38th birthday was named the Domestic Cricketer of the Year for the second year in a row which shows he's still got plenty of high quality cricket ahead of him. Only a couple of days ago, Soss passed Justin Langer as the highest ever run scorer in List Day cricket for Western Australia as he scored his 19th List Day century in WA's victory over South Australia at the Wacker. Soss has represented Australia 126 times across all formats and has scored over 5,000 international runs with 13 centuries. At his best, there aren't many better players in the world. Soss has been a great mate of mine for a long time, so it was nice to sit down and hear more about his story and how he goes about his batting. In this episode, Soss shared his reflections of the most recent Big Bash, his earliest memories of playing cricket, how he trained and what his teenage years looked like, what he remembers of his test debut where he scored a century, scoring 140 against the incredible South African bowling attack of Stain, Morkel and Philander, his memories of the first ever IPL where he won player of the tournament, and how he transformed his life on and off the field. This episode, recorded in February 2021, is the first part of a longer conversation that is available for the members of the Cricket Mentoring community. If you're keen to hear the whole conversation with Sauce, where we dive into his mindset, routines, preparation, how he transitions between formats, and a whole lot more, then you can join the Cricket Mentoring community today. To join, head to www.cricketmentoring.com forward slash community and utilise our seven-day free trial and start learning from some of the game's best minds, including... Back-to-back Big Bash winning coach Greg Shippard, current Victorian head coach, current Victorian head coach Chris Rogers, Sydney Sixers batter Jordan Silk, and many others. In the cricket mentoring community, you also get access to me, as this is where I'm spending my time helping serious and committed cricketers from around the world learn and develop themselves, their skills, and their mindsets. No matter where in the world you live or where you're at in your game right now. If you want to score more runs or take more wickets and feel more confident on the cricket field, then the Cricket Mentoring community will help you. I hope to see you as a member soon. To follow Sauce, you can find him on Instagram at at SeanMarsh9. And don't be afraid to send him a DM letting him know that you've listened to this podcast and enjoyed it. Now let's get into this episode with Sean Marsh. Sauce, welcome and thanks a lot for joining me. How are you? Yeah, thanks, goals. Um, yeah, looking forward to this chat. Um, going well. Um, back in Perth for a bit now, so uh, looking forward to getting out of quarantine in a few days' time and, and getting back into it. Yeah, and for those that don't have the pleasure of seeing this video, Sauce has a nice little moustache that he's rocking at the moment. So 
you're at home, you're quarantining, and you've got a young baby. Congratulations. How's it all been uh, since returning from the Big Bash? Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's all been uh, going really well, to be honest. Um, you know, my wife, Beck, is taking control while I've been away, and she's done a fantastic job. And uh, little Ted has been been really good so far. He's been pretty chilled out, baby, um, sleeping well, which is the main thing. And um, the other two kids have sort of gravitated to him. So, um, yeah, it's all going well, thanks. That's great to hear. And, uh, yeah, all the photos I see of Beck looks like Austin and Mabel are loving their little brother. So that's always a, a good thing. Um, now, just on the Big Bash, obviously the Renegades didn't have uh, a great season. You, you had a pretty good season, especially the first half of the year. How did you find the Big Bash this year? How, how was the mood amongst the group? And was it okay for you personally, given the team wasn't doing so well? How did you find it? Yeah, look, it was obviously a, a bit of a frustrating um, you know, a few months for us. Um, we started really well against the Scorchers. We got our first win in the first game. And um, after that, it sort of fell away fairly quickly. And, um, yeah, look, to finish last again was was disappointing uh, with the group that we had. Um, but um, um, it's just one of those things with, with T20 cricket. You, you get uh, momentum early and you can really set your season up. And we sort of lost that momentum after that first game. And, um, yeah, it was a sort of bit of a struggle after that. But, um, look, personally, I, I thought I started really well. Um, you know, I was really disappointed with the way I sort of finished um, my last five games. Um, you know, being a senior player, you want to be out there scoring runs and, and especially at the top of the order, you want to be out there um, setting the game up and unfortunately uh, couldn't quite get, uh, get the job done. But, um, yeah, one of those things. Yeah, and you can't do it every time you bat, as we'll talk about more throughout this chat. Um, obviously left the Scorchers. How was it playing against your brother, Mitch? You and Mitch are very close. You've, you've played a lot of cricket together. How was it when you uh, actually came up against him for one of the first times last season and again this year? Yeah. It was a bit more chilled out this year. I think last year we sort of uh, built it up a little bit. Um, and um, I remember being very nervous in that first game against him, especially being um, back in Perth. Uh, I sort of knew that I was probably going to cop it from the crowd as well, which, um, which I did. Um, but this year, I thought it was just another game, to be honest. Uh, you know, both games that we sort of played, um, you know, it was nice to get a win um, first up against them, but um, they smashed us in the second game. And, um, yeah, look, it's um, always exciting, um, you know, coming up and playing against your brother. I think I played against him once in the IPL a long time ago. Um, but to, to play with, um, against him again was, you know, I guess it was a unique um, experience. Yeah, no doubt you, you want to sort of get him out, but there's a part of you that wants to see him do really well as well, which is a bit tricky. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, he got me out last year. So, um, yeah, that didn't sit down too very, uh, very well with me. <laughs> but, um, well. Uh, well um, now, going back to your early days, uh, you obviously grew up in a cricketing family. Swampy, your father, played a lot for Australia. You were given the nickname Sauce, son of Swampy. Uh, at a very young age, you grew up around the Australian team. What, what are your earliest memories of playing cricket and what was your sort of early days as a cricketer like? Yeah, look, obviously, Dad was, um, you know, playing cricket um, from when I first remembered. Um, and I guess for me, it's always been a part of the family. It's always been a part of my life. And um, from a young age, to be honest, um, I absolutely love the game. I love being around, um, you know, the training sessions with Dad. I try to go to as many training sessions as I could with him. Um, I just I used to love being in and around um, with anything to do with cricket. And um, you know, I certainly fell in love with it at, at, at a young age. Um, for me, it was just all about having fun growing up and, and um, playing with my mates and um, just trying to get better, um, you know, in each and every game I played. But, um, you know, it was just about fun. 
And and obviously, young Austin will be doing a similar sort of thing with you. And I see Beck's photos and whatever of him with a cricket bat. But when you were young, did Swamp coach you at all? Or did he just throw balls and let you have a bit of fun and just work things out? I think we have quite a few mm. parents who tune into our content. I think it's a mm. sort of Swampy knowing the game well. He's been a fantastic coach as, as his career's progressed and he, he stopped playing. Did he try and coach you or did he just let you go about your own cricket your own way? Mm. Uh, probably a bit of both, to be honest. Um, yeah, especially growing up, he probably sort of uh, taught me the, the basics of cricket. Um, I know he threw me a lot of balls, uh, which was fantastic. Um, and, and I know where Austin sort of gets that um, from now. Um, I'm out the back throwing him balls all the time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I absolutely love doing it. Um, but um, I think it's important just to, you know, let, let the kids play like, like my dad did, just let me play and, and, just enjoy the game. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I think I'm going to do with Scarlett. If she gets a bit older, just let her have a bit of fun and not try and get too yeah. involved. But um... Hi, Legends. I just want to take a minute to ask you, are you a serious and committed cricketer? Or are you a coach or parent who wants to learn and develop yourself to not only be the best you can be, but also help your athletes or children on their journeys? The fact that you're listening to this podcast tells me the answer is almost certainly yes to one of those questions which is why I'm really excited to tell you about the Cricket Mentoring community. Over the past four and a half years, Cricket Mentoring has become a global leader in cricket coaching and has grown into one of the most loved and trusted cricket brands in the world. With a following of over 400,000 people across our social media channels, our content has resonated with so many people around the world and continues to lead the way in the cricket coaching space. Unfortunately, due to the size of our online audience, we can no longer interact and help individuals with what they are struggling with or need help with. This is why we've created the Cricket Mentoring Community, so we can help those that are serious and committed and willing to invest in themselves and their development. In the Cricket Mentoring Community, you can listen to conversations like this, plus see our weekly coaching videos that are made specifically to help you learn and develop your skills and mindset. As a member, you also get access to me and our other mentors to ask questions and get advice specific to you and your game, as this is where I am spending my time. Plus, you will be able to connect with other like-minded cricketers and cricket lovers from all around the world. With members currently from 16 different countries, it doesn't matter where you live, as long as you have access to the internet and want to learn and improve, you can access the Cricket Mentoring community now. This is truly an awesome global cricket community where people want to help each other and see each other succeed. Still not sure if it's for you? We offer a seven-day free trial so you can check out all the content and resources that we've designed to help you before you have to pay the small monthly fee to be a member. By becoming a member, you'll also support us at Cricket Mentoring and help us continue to make high-quality cricket coaching available to anyone in the world. Head to www.cricketmentoring.com forward slash community and click on the seven-day free trial button to sign up and become a better cricketer today. Now, we've got a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers that tune into our content will be listening and watching this. What were, you, what were your days and weeks like as a teenager? Obviously, you were highly skilled. You, you debuted at 17 years old. Um, for Western Australian first-class cricket. So what was it like as a 13, 14, 15-year-old? Were you, were you practising every day? Were you really ambitious and wanted to play for Australia? What were you like in that part of your life? Yeah, a long time ago now, Skulls. Um, <laughs> look, um, like I said before, I absolutely loved the game. So um, cricket was at the forefront of my mind all the time. Um, you know, whether it was WA playing, um, Australia playing, um, I, I was always watching cricket. Um and I was always out in the backyard playing cricket. And I remember uh, we had a bit of a property out in Janicott. Um, and, um, you know, we had a cricket um, 
uh, a cricket wicket set up on the tennis court. And, um, you know, just remember playing on that tennis court with my mates and, and uh, when Mitch got a little bit older playing with him and, um, you know, it was all about cricket. It was all about um, just going, getting out there and, and, and just enjoying it. And um, I guess once I got a little bit older, started playing uh, rep uh, cricket for WA and under 15s, under 17s, under 19s. And I guess that's when I started taking things probably a little bit uh, more seriously. Um, and that's that's a fascinating insight. Obviously, I'm not going to give away your age, but we're all mm. we're both in our 30s at the moment. You're slightly mm. older than I am. But <laughs> growing up, we we didn't have smartphones, we didn't have social media, mm. we didn't have Xboxes, and all those things that kids these days do have. And I think that meant we we just got outside and we played and we practiced. I, I remember when I was a teenager, I'd try and hit balls every day, whether that's at the nets or at a mate's house or whatever. Just like you say, because I absolutely mm. loved it. Whereas Kids these days, they, they have their structured training sessions. But outside mm. of that, I don't think they actually just go and have fun and play anywhere near as much as we used to back in the day. And I think that that skill of backyard cricket and just playing for fun and learning how to hit the ball in different areas to score a two or get a four or whatever has been lost with kids these days. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, it's funny now, um, you know, being out in the backyard with Austin, um, just the things that he picks up from maybe watching um, stuff on TV in terms of the Big Bash um, players, different, all, all their different shots, and he'll go out there and just try and implement that um, by himself now. And it sort of blows me away a little bit, to be honest. Um, you know, things that you can learn just by playing in the backyard and, and um, you know, picking up on things out there is, is really important, I think. Absolutely, and combine that with all the cricket that's on TV these days. And, and if you mm. if you do get out in the backyard, I think kids can have such an advantage compared to others who just do their structured sessions, a throw down once a week or a training session or whatever. So now moving on, we've, I've mentioned Swamp a, a little bit already, but he was obviously a huge <laughs> influence in your career, a mentor and a coach and, and a great mate of yours. Um, he's a great man, Swamp. I've got to know him a little bit, but what other sort of, coaches or mentors um, have you had in your career and what do you think it is that makes a good coach or a good mentor? Yeah, like I said, uh, Swamp's been a huge influence on my career from day one. Um, you know, he's always been there to support me no matter what and that's the most important thing. Um, you know, I've had some fantastic coaches throughout my career. Um, you know, I've had, um, you know, a batting coach and Scotty Mealman now for probably the last or the second half of my career. Um, you know, with him and Bob um, helping my game out, and, and those two people have been really influential in my game into where it's um, got to over the last probably um, you know ten years. Um, I think it's important to have those people um, you know, in your in your in your life in your, in your career, um, not only as as coaches but um, as good good friends as well. And I've certainly valued what Scott and Bob have done for um, for me um, in just helping my game and, and just picking up on things. Um, uh, um, might not be big changes, but they're subtle changes, but they're important changes. And um, I think that's really important. Yeah, awesome. Scotty, a good friend of both of ours and, and a fantastic coach who also uh, helps Mitch and coaches Mitch as well. So shout out to Scotty Newman. Now, yeah, he's a legend. Going back uh, to your first class debut, which I mentioned you were 17 years old, um, something that not many teenagers do is, is debut in first class cricket. With that and being Swampy's eldest son, obviously that was Mitch who was a bit younger and, and came along a bit after you, but there must have been a lot of pressure, a lot of expectation for you to go on and be this superstar. And and where you're at now, obviously you've played for Australia over 100 times. You've had a fantastic career. You've achieved, achieved a lot in the game. But back then it must have been difficult to sort of 
manage and deal with that expectation? Yeah, look, um, I was sort of young and sort of free back then. I think I was, like I said, 17 coming into you know, a system that um, you know, it was an amazing system to be a part of. There were some wonderful players around. And um, I remember my first game, I think uh, Tom Moody was captain, uh, Simon Cadditch, Joe Angel, Brennan Julian, Michael thinking how good is this and um, I think I played three games in my first year and um, you know, I probably didn't play for a few years um, after those three games and um, yeah look it was an amazing um, you know, few games playing with those absolute legends of the game but it probably did take me a, a little while after that to sort of um, get settled and um, you know get back into the swing of things yeah um, now I just want to talk before we go deeper into you as a person, you as a player and, and your mindset, your preparation, those sort of things. I just want to touch on a few special innings of yours, um, probably where you've played your best cricket and, and what that looks like. Um, starting with your, your 100 on Testaboo against Sri Lanka in 2011. Um, what are your memories of that day? Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, look, um, amazing memories. Um, you know, from a young age, all I ever wanted to do was play test cricket for Australia. So um, to get on a test tour in the first place was you know, amazing. Um, you know, I missed out uh, playing in that first test in Sri Lanka. Uh, and then I think uh, Ricky Ponting went home for the birth of his um, second or third child. So that obviously an opportunity uh, was going to come up. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, it was um, me coming into that test team. And um, I remember... Uh, dad coming over, a few of my close mates coming over, um, and um, you know, dad presenting my cap to me was uh, still one of the greatest things ever. Um, I still can't really, really remember what he said to me, it was pretty emotional and um, it had a lot of things going through in my head. So, um, I guess to come out and score 100 in my first test innings was an amazing feeling. Um, you know, it was like a, like I said, a dream to, to, to get that baggy green, but to, to get 100 in my first game was special. Yeah, and, and what an amazing thing. I think not many test cricketers would have had their dad presented by a test legend who is also their father. A lot of test cricketers get their parents to come and watch, but to have it presented by Swampy would have been incredible. Um, was it was it a bit of a blur or was it sort of like, do you, do you remember how you went about it that innings or is it one of those things where you were just so happy and free and just having fun and it all just clicked for you on the day? Uh, look, at the, the morning, uh, waking up and, and getting to the ground and getting presented my cap was a blur. But um, I think we lost the toss and we bowled first, which allowed me sort of just to settle in a little bit. And... Um, you know, by the time, um, you know, it was our turn to sort of bat, I just remember that, um, you know, I felt a lot more relaxed about it all and um, could go out there and just play my game. And, um, you know, thankfully I did that and, and got some runs. Yeah, what a way to introduce yourself. Now, another innings, another special innings in your career was the 140 you got in South Africa on a pitch that was doing plenty against a very, very high quality attack. Um, how did you do that? What, what are your memories of that innings? Yeah, um, I remember coming onto that tour late. Um, I was origi originally picked for the tour and then I did my calf um, and they ruled me out and then I got up for a big bash game and, and got some runs and got through that and all of a sudden I was on the on the next flight to, to uh, I think it was uh, Johannesburg and um, probably three days out before the first test. So, um, yeah, look, it was it was a bit of a rush and I think it probably worked in my favour. I, I didn't have a lot of time to sort of think about it. Um, just... 
basically get there, train, um, get myself ready over over a couple of days, and and then straight out into the firing line. And um, look, that was probably one of my most enjoyable um, hundreds um, for Australia. Coming up against an unbelievable attack um, who are ruthless on their on their home ground. Um, you know, amazing to be out there. I think Steve Smith got a hundred as well. So. Um, to be out there with him and, and uh, both get hundreds was, was you know, as I said, um, a lot of fun. And from memory, was it Stain, Philander, Morkel, the, the three Siemens? Yeah, Stain, Philander, Morkel, and um, I think they had one other um, all-rounder in there. But, um, yeah, as I said, um, I played a lot against those uh, guys a lot and um, they're three amazing bowlers. Yeah, and, and when I've had Buck on here before, he got 100 in the same series, I believe, but in a different yeah. test. And yeah. and he spoke about how and, – and Buck was a pretty unique character. He was a deep thinker. He, he was a deep problem solver, mm. whereas I know a lot of other players sort of just, just go about their business a different way to him. But he said that he would play each of the three bowlers quite differently. Did you – and obviously this is a few years ago now – yeah. And it's not going to be fresh in your mind. But did you have a different plan or different sort of tactics against each of the three bowlers with them all trying to get you out or, or bowl to you different ways? Well, I think, um, you know, Philander, for instance, you know he's going to be at you every ball. So you know you're going to have to probably play at the majority of the balls that he's sort of bowling to you. Um, Stain will just come in and try and bowl as fast as you can to you. Um, and then you've got Morkel, who's probably got um, the extra bounce um, he'll come around the wicket. Um, so they're all three different bowlers. Um, you know, a, a lot of the time when I'm playing cricket, um, I try to keep things as simple as I can um, and, and try not overcomplicate um, each each bowler. Um, just try and just be as simple as I can and just wash the ball. And just react to whatever comes. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get a little bit more into your mindset and your game plan shortly. But finally, on sort of some, some of your career and things you've done, Give us a little insight into the, those early years in the IPL. Um, the first year in the IPL, I think you might have been picked up late in the auction, went to uh, Kings Eleven. I think Moody was the coach, and you absolutely dominated, I think, player of the tournament. And you then went back many years after that and had a successful career in the IPL with a lot of Indian viewers and fans and people from all around the world. Um, what was it like back in those early days? There was a lot of parties, a lot of fun. Um, what was the IPL like back then? Yeah, amazing um, tournament. Um, look, I remember uh, Tom Moody giving me a call, and this is probably about um, a month after the auction had taken place, and he said to me that um, Simon Caddish has been picked on a, um, an Australian tour to the West Indies. Would you want to? Would you be interested in being a, as a, um, like an, a replacement player over there? And um, you know, by the time he sort of got off the phone, I sort of said to him straight away, "I said, hundred percent, like." what a great opportunity this this could be uh, to go over there and um and I was I was an unknown player back then I was I had no international um, experience whatsoever and um I knew that Singapore Jack Warner Brett Lee these players you were seeing were going to be at Kingsley I just thought what a fantastic opportunity even if I sat on the bench for the whole 14 games it'd be a great opportunity to go and just learn and um you know get better in, in in different conditions and um you know, luckily for me, I got an opportunity after Caddo left and got some runs in, in my first game, and um, it sort of set me set myself up for for the rest of the the, the tournament. And um, look, a fantastic place to play cricket. Um, they're great people over there. Um, they're so passionate about the game cricket. Um, and you know, like I said, I met some fantastic people along yeah, the way. Yeah, awesome. 
Awesome. And I, I remember 2008 IPL number one, I was in, uh, I was in England in my, playing my first season of league cricket and, and was on at a good time and I was watching closely and I just remember you absolutely dominating and, and it was, uh, yeah, a real joy to watch you getting it done over there. Um, mm. Now, I listened to a, a podcast this morning that was published two days ago um, where JL was the guest on Gideon Haig and Peter Lawler's podcast and he said, one of uh, my most proudest observations of the last 10 years in coaching is the transformation of Sean Marsh. The way he transformed his life, I've loved seeing that. Now, he, in, before that, he said, oh, he, he listed and uh, that yourself, Liam Davis and Luke Pommersback were three of the future players to look out for in WA cricket. And he said that um, you guys at times, some of the young guys at times had been in a bit of trouble and whatever. What is it that you what it, that you've done? It's obviously coincided a little bit with um, meeting yeah. Beck and having a family. But what is it that you've done outside of cricket, or what, what's happened in your life that's helped not only transform your life but help you become the player that you are now, being one of the best players in in the country? I think for me, it was probably just I wanted to be a bit more consistent across my life. Um, you know, whether it was cricket, um, my life outside of cricket. Um, I just wanted to be a bit, uh, a lot more consistent with it all, um, and you know my my uh, results, you know, probably early on in my career were up and down. I think that had a lot to do with the sort of the way I trained, uh, the way the way I sort of prepared for games. Um, you know, I still worked hard, but um, not to the level that probably what I needed to be at. And um, you know, once I sort of got that balance right, um, I started to really. Uh, be a lot more consistent, um, you know, both within my cricket and, and in, in my life as well. And I think, um, you know, like I said, Bex played a big part in that, meeting her um, and, and just being really um, settled in, in, in my life uh, with her, um, especially with having kids now, has been fantastic for me. It's given me a lot of perspective in life. Um, it's given me a lot of perspective, you know, within cricket as well. Um, and um, I think it's really important just to make sure you have a really good balance uh, within cricket and, um, your life outside of uh, whatever you do. Yeah, absolutely. And a little side note for our listeners and viewers is I was with Sean the night he met Beck. Uh, myself and our good mate Matt Wiley went along to the garden bar and Sean That's met right, Beck yeah. and, yeah. and the, the rest the rest <laughs> is history. The rest is true, married yeah. with three kids. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good lead into another question, which is about your preparation and how you, you get mm. yourself ready for a game. And you just mentioned about you you were training hard, but you probably weren't preparing as well as you could have or should have. Well, legends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sauce, where he shared an insight into his journey thus far. As I said at the start, if you want to hear the rest of the Q&A where Sauce goes deep into why he's been so successful, then head to www.cricketmentoring.com forward slash community and become a member right now. With a seven-day free trial, you can listen to the rest of this conversation and check out all the other amazing content and resources before you have to pay the small monthly fee to be a member. Thanks again to Sean for his time and being so open and honest with us. I'm sure you've learned something, as I know I definitely have. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I'd love it if you could please share it with a friend, a teammate, or a group of friends. Chuck the link in a WhatsApp or Facebook group or encourage someone who might find it interesting to listen to it. That's it for today. I really hope you're enjoying these fascinating stories from amazing people that we're sharing with you guys. If you are enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you could please take 60 to 90 seconds to leave a review as it helps us move up the rankings and get heard by more people. Thanks a lot for listening. Now it's time for you to go out and get it done, legends. Shop we.